0: What you have been waiting
1: for. Let's do it. Right here. Let's
0: go. You're now tuned in to the Tell Me About Yourself podcast with Holly Murchison. Every week, I connect with artists, entrepreneurs, and creatives around the world who are defining themselves and their successes on their own terms. We chop it up about challenges, triumphs, and everything in between to give you an inside look at unconventional paths for adding value to the culture. Y'all ready to level up? Let's go. Any questions from the crew? Yes.
2: Um, this is to anybody. Just everyone of you being multi-talented, all of us have so many creative talents and things that we're good at and we could do this and we could do that. How did you guys or how did you find, um, figure out which one was going to be the thing that was going to be uh, maybe your business, or and what was the one that you knew you loved, but it wasn't something. You know, how do you make those hard decisions um, without even you know, your my fears that you I will waste time doing something and then finding out that that's not what.
3: No,
4: oh. you're, you're I always you know. have
3: time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, do you want to start first? Sorry, I was like
4: looking at her. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you you always have time to do whatever you want to do. Uh, yeah. I knew that photography was the thing that I wanted because I always was like the uh, the appreciation of freezing time and also like being able to tell a story through a photo and uh, allowing others to see what I'm seeing and it's it's been working. Like when I take a photo and people come to me like it's your photo seem like it's telling a story or I, I feel whatever like that's kind of how I knew uh also my roots where I grew up at you know I just knew that I wanted to like tell a story through my images uh and my work and that's kind of what I've been doing well that's what I've been doing ever since that's with like my family friends and all the projects that I've been working on
3: yeah. Uh my phrasing that I tell everybody is that I do what I want. And that's not just because like I'm bratty, but it's like you know what I mean. I it's like I, I do what I want, like I do the thing that I want to experience. I go towards whatever I'm drawn to. And I think that if we allow ourselves so many of them uh of us up here have already spoken to openness, but if we like I don't know. If we let that lead us, right? I just had to decide very early on that, well, so my backstory is high school. I went to undergrad in Hampton, at Hampton. I decided I was going to go into a Ph.D. program in English because I didn't want to go back home, and uh, in that, I started a PR business, and then that changed to, like, throwing girl parties, and then that changed to, like, doing events right. Like, but we've done a lot of things, and it wasn't because, like... I thought that this was the one thing that was going to get me there. It was just like, oh, I'm good at this. So like, I should figure it out. Like, I should see if this could be the thing. And I think like the idea of like you wasting your time, like you're putting... Like, you're, that's your investment in you. You know what I mean? That's you figuring out, like, is this thing going to work for you? Maybe it will for a while. Coffer has been three different things since I started it. You know what I mean? i You're not, like, wasting your time because you could not be doing what you want to do at all. I think you just have to, like, we get so wrapped up in, like, this is the timing and this is the story and this is where people think I should be. And, like, nobody is living your life for you. You know what I mean? I
4: don't know what I need
3: to be. Yeah, like I don't know, but it's yeah, right, like yeah. if I like it, if I can wake up and do it every day, like if yeah. this is like driving me for now, I'm gonna do that. And if yeah. I change my mind, then like I pay my own bills. You know what I mean? Like, and then I'm gonna change my mind. <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs>
0: yeah. I say one thing that works really well for me, and um, Coley will tell you, I, have a gazillion ideas that I drive her insane with, and and just in our partnership, she's not in because I drive her nuts. True. I write down everything. <laughs> like if I, I'll. This notebook is literally filled with. Post-its of ideas I'm like get it out. at first. The first step is get it out of my brain and yeah. like my book is just filled yeah. with ideas Right, and that's my way of saying it's out of my head now and it's on paper And then I get realistic with myself right my my one of my mentors always tells me passion ain't shit without strategy mm-hmm. so I'm like of all these grand ideas what's the one I have the most resources to actually do something with? And then what's my, my process is really dream, strategize, experiment and iterate. So I'm like, what's the one I can start with right now that's a small step and how can I just give it the room and trust it to let it snowball on its own? The snowballing is the scary part because then you realize how much bigger than you the stuff is and you're like, oh wait, oh I'm in my zone? Oh wait, am I ready to be in my zone yet? No, 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 no. (laughs) Get in that zone. So one small bite at a time.
5: Yeah, I agree. I think the trying on is necessary because regardless of how much planning you do or how much, you you know, the set... you can't plan for what's coming up so the more and this is a lot of people do that with decisions you know mm-hmm. like oh like what's the pros what's the cons what's, the, and then spend months or weeks or so long yeah. to try to make a decision when you never knew that because that car drove that way that that messed up your whole plan yeah you know like it, it's anything for real though and but I like what you said about being lean about it hmm. and really having a strategy behind it yeah. Yep. Uh, follows on that comment. Um, what trend that you feel confident in? Any of you are you most excited about? In where it will take your creative work, um, mm-hmm. or your team, tribe building, or um, so? Just asking to think a little bit, projecting ahead. What would you say uh, is on the horizon that's really encouraging?
3: I
6: think. I say vulnerability. Yeah. Vulnerability, I mean, uh, I think that's a, a big thing. I mean, call it what you want, I'm a Jay-Z fan. I'm sure some of you guys are in this room. You know, and I think for, for me, being a Jay-Z fan for the last 20 years, like the album that he put out was really interesting. In a lot of ways, one of them is because of the vulnerability. And I think that's that to me is a really good, that's gonna be a really interesting trend. You know, like, I mean, he, he may have said it, Beyonce may have said it, whatever it is, but like, I think now me as an artist, that's what I'm embracing.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah In line with that I think Like other folks Would call it Experiential marketing Right But I think Um intimacy is a thing that coffer is really um, a thing that I'm thinking about every day, right? But like um, I think particularly because there's social media and we're so used to being connected online, right? And we have so many ways that we don't actually have to connect. I'm much more interested in like very tiny intimate things like this, right? Because I've already done like giant parties but I think like the more we get us in here and the more we get like our ideas like bumping up against one another and us actually bumping into one another um i'm i'm really excited about the way our like just individual engagements will actually like help communal actualization that's what i'm into
1: I'm
3: I'm excited about health and homies in
1: a circle really talking about health and like going to a barbecue and seeing some veggies on the grill Mm. and like, things of that nature and like it ties into vulnerability and like being open to discussing things that really matter. But Mm. yeah, just you talk about the future and what I'm excited about, health. Yeah, That's That's big man, yeah,
6: definitely. And it's not discussed enough for sure, I mean, health is not something that especially within you know with our in our community, I don't mean the black community I mean like more so the hip hop community, our forward culture and stuff like that. we don't talk about that stuff enough, you know, like we got i mean I got too many grandmothers, grandparents, big mama all the, like they're all going through you know that, and it's because of life decisions man that was huge health is is, is wealth. It's not real it's yeah, real right. health and not just consumption of food. yeah I'm man also consumption yeah. of. Of
1: media and like being in rooms like this, all that after a day of working, this is healthy. This mm. is good
5: for you. Yeah, mm. I think people are letting go of their egos a little at mm. a time, and everything that we've been talking about is direct uh, correlation to that. So I think there's a lot of education that's being ha- that's happening in that end, mm-hmm. uh, but we're also living it as tightening mm-hmm. community and speak opening up and yeah sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it's all. Mel's and and then we'll take you June and I see a question in the back. Education is what I'm most excited about now. I think um, early on I said we, we learn communally and then we go out into the world and that's it. We're out solo but I think people are doing some really interesting things in education and the way we educate ourselves like right coming to this this is educating yourself like you share a dope article with someone that's educating yourself. The way we consume how we learn is changing and I think um, and Justin you and I have had this conversation. It's an exciting space to explore what does the future look like for higher education when it comes to elevating ourselves as beings and that's something that i get super excited about because i just think black people got the juice and we have a lot of keys when it comes to uh creating that creating in that space mm.
7: yeah.
0: jim yeah
6: I was just uh i guess historical uh, climate of the word culture in america um how do, I guess, how do y'all deal with self-care? Because I feel like self-care is mm-hmm. definitely something that I just took a firm grasp on versus, like, you know, younger, being able to, like, work a lot, stay up long nights and not necessarily care about sleep, Yay. and then now being able to, like, realize how important self-care is. How do you guys approach that aspect of the working
4: I developed this thing called I, I haven't I haven't like coined it, but I call it in my head hour and out. It, it's me when I go to something, I'm going to literally say for an hour, and I'm going go.
3: <laughs> you know, to go. <laughs> but it, it just, started I <laughs>
4: just started though. Coin that thing. Coin that we to it? So we can all use Hour No, I do believe leaving. You know, I be leaving trying to put me debatable, on the debatable. <laughs> but this is how but this is how I know because because the person who asked this June was like man you always leave early right right
8: right hey, So okay, I know right? so it's just
4: kinda like you know you just gotta kinda leave or whatever just like go in say you know do scope it out and just see it and then like you know and then get back too because like, like i said I, I work nine to five and then i come home and you know i want to make sure i kind of i don't want to squeeze everything in in one day because I, I, you, <laughs> you well you know you don't know what's going to happen the next day but at the same time you make sure you take care of those things that's really like priority you know so putting those things as priority on your list that's what i do mm-hmm. personally and then like me like I know that I need to go to sleep because I have to get up at five o'clock in the morning because I want to go to the gym and that's how mm-hmm. I kind of like know if I don't get up at that certain time if I hit the snooze many times or whatever mm-hmm. my day is not going to be how I really want it. So A
2: lot of it is being realistic. That too. Realistic yeah. with yourself like <clears throat> how many hours do you even want to be working if the last four or five hours aren't even productive anymore because you're mm-hmm. you're not even thinking right anymore or you know, that kind of thing. So I think just being re- realistic with yourself and, and and doing a few... I'm not a huge... I'm not into repetition. Like, I, I'm like, I can't do this again today, you know? But I do have, you know, rituals that I do maybe, like, you know, weekly or something like that. That's just something for myself to take care of myself. Even just cooking my lunches has been... Mm-hmm such a huge self care you know what i mean because i know what i'm putting in my body and it's good and i took the time to make it for myself and then in the middle of my crazy work day i have this moment of like ah uh, like a little bit of home something good for me mm. feeling good and then then back to the chaos but like with a little bit of a different perspective you know cuz i took yeah. that little piece of home with me and that mm-hmm. little moment of time for myself
5: yeah dude
6: say meditation I mean I know a lot of people have said it and you hear it a lot you know but and I don't mean meditation in the sense that like you you don't come to my house and I don't bring the chimes and like the incense and all that shit like really just sitting down with yourself you know 5-10 minutes mm-hmm. you know I think uh, I read a book called uh, One Breath and you know I think that it was a really interesting perspective of just, just this idea of just like being cognizant of just one breath of the day just that's it that's all you gotta try you know like meditation isn't about sitting in a temple or anything like that and, and I've tried a lot of different things I mean I also ride a bicycle you know, I work out a lot and all that kind of stuff. But like meditation to me is just something that is just—it's so important. This lifestyle that we are in, that we're supposed to be in, is so fast. It's—it's it's overwhelming. Us as humans aren't supposed to be this far advanced. You know, we're not supposed to be have this much. Information at our fingertips And so like I think for me The the self-care Has really come through Meditation Even when I'm at the computer And I'm just like Just one breath Realize it Feel it Know it and then get back to work is is you know really interesting to me and and what we said before like success is not overworking yourself I can't I can't stand that shit you know like I, I'm I'm with this lay down movement whenever y'all wanna have a lay down party <laughs> I'm sign me up I'm here for it I'm I'm here for that for sure anyone else on a self care tip
3: yeah I think that I am um, all into like any form of self-care you could think about, right? But I think that I uh, was privileged to have enough time to do all of that when I was still in grad school for about eight years. Um, And now... As much as I still want to like found the lay down movement, I I'm just in a place where yeah founder sure I'll CEO that movement Uh, we can just uh, I'll creative direct that movement. We I think right now um, I'm also just aware that like this is not the time for me to be doing that. It's not like where my business is, um, who my clients are. I what is like self care for me now is like at the end of the night, Am I, like, not near the dog and not near Holly? Like, just with myself, like, looking at, like, how are you going to handle tomorrow? Like, how are you going to get you together so you can keep everybody else together tomorrow? That kind of thing. And that is self-care to me because my natural state is, like, resistance to all of that. And when I do get in that moment, when I am stressed out and I'm not taking care of myself and I'm like, I don't know what's on my calendar tomorrow. I don't, like, no, I haven't, like, gotten all the things that I have to do out of my head. Then I'm just kind of, like, crazy in the day, and that is just, like, not good for me. I'm exhausted by the end of the day. I don't know what I've done. So sometimes, like, even though that is still work, it's, like, a it's a separate part that's just for me, and that's, like, my self-care right now.
5: Mm.
0: Hmm. Shout-out to self-care. We had a question in the back.
1: Yeah, for Faze and for Penn and, uh, and anybody else that feels compelled, uh, does this feel like a uh, like a sort of unprecedented New societal energy uh, supporting black ownership, uh, or really any community, just sort of community ownership, owning our voices, owning our businesses, owning our things. Uh, does this feel like a new level of support uh, society, just, you know, from a society perspective around the country, around the world, or is this is there a historic reference point? That you, you know, you feel.
8: Oh yeah, no, there's nothing new under the sun. We've been out here every time I see my mother barter for something. I, mm-hmm. I real with zero education. I see like, oh, that's that's where I get my mm-hmm. hustle from. That's that's the entrepreneur. Um, for me, I like I pull from uh, like American references. I pull from thinking about what Black Wall Street represented at, in that particular time. Why it was so dangerous. Uh, in the United States, for black people to be autonomous to own own everything you know um, so yeah it, it, is there more support now i think I think there is there is a tide right there is definitely momentum there is an energy right now where uh, black people uh, in the United States, I, I think even around the world, really understand that we can do for self. We're in Oakland, California, the 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 birthplace of the Black Panther Party. Do for self was is, was the center of that movement, and and I am a strong believer in that. You know, uh, and one way that I think about ownership and and also just just um, oh, one way I think about it, autonomy is like knowing uh, what I can offer and sometimes people are because we live in a capitalistic society sometimes that is really money driven but oftentimes like I show up to people's stuff and I and I get down and do work and I don't get paid for those things and not because it's like oh it's you know they're just taking something from you no to me the way that I think about it is like like if I really ride with you and if I really believe in your vision I want to water that I want to show up I want to show up and water that because I need it and the world needs it you know so when I think about when I think about our our um, our wealth as Black people in business, uh, you you find out very quickly when people are like, "Well, are you like pre-seed or seed?" And and why don't you do a friends and family raise? Right, that's what founders language and investor language. You know, why don't you do a fr- friends and family raise? The average uh, uh, African American. Family has a wealth of fourteen thousand dollars compared to about hundred thousand dollars to uh, a white family. So when when people say like do a friends and family raise, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> you know. So but but what but what do I have? You know. And, and what do my people have? And we got a lot. Yeah. You know. So it's it's about redefining what our strengths are and and knowing that it doesn't always have to be a, a, like a money motive. I want to show up. I want to water your thing. I want to keep showing up. I want you to see me as a resource. And, and, I, and because I'm doing that and, and I pick up the phone and say, yo, I need you for this thing. Could you could you could you come? Usually people do. But it begins with you offering. It's always an offering first. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you can humble yourself to offer things and water the things that are important to other people that, you know, is so needed in this world, then when it's your time, people will show up for you.
1: Yeah. I I agree the historical context is something to to look at it and um, yeah I think about I think about Harlem I think about uh, Black Wall Street I think about uh, the Great Migration and how it was one cousin move up from the south and say hey cousin come up here I'm going to make sure that you're employed sleep on my couch and that's how you get West Oakland that's how you get Central Richmond. Mm And uh, you're seeing renditions of it now um, In different forms And something that's really interesting I guess shifting gears a little bit Something I've been following is this uh, journalist Matthew A. Cherry Show of hands, for people familiar with him So, gentleman who asked the question Of course is familiar with him Um, Matthew A. Cherry is a journalist Out of the Midwest, correct? Mm -hmm. Um, And he's putting together a book um, About A black father trying to do his daughter's hair. And the daughter in the book's name is Zuri. And my daughter's name is Zuri. Hmm. So when I saw this, I was like, what? Hell yeah, I wanna, I wanna, yeah, what? Take my money, you know, like, support it. And so I've been seeing like the crowdfunding, and he had a targeted goal, and he reached it so fast that he was like, well, well, let me expand my goal. And so seeing the support that he's getting makes me like, believe that people not only uh, appreciate black stories, stories about black girls, but um, appreciate somebody getting out there and doing something good benevolent. People appreciate benevolence and that's something that you can see it's, it's shown in a digital realm so if anything's new it's how it's shown and it, it being shown in the digital realm is interesting because now we can follow that chart we can see somebody have an idea, hatch that idea and support that idea and manifest that idea mm-hmm. and that's what's pretty dope
0: <laughs> yeah other questions we got time for one or two more.
7: yep um what do you guys feel is missing from Oakland right now? My fathers real
1: mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. talk.
1: Sorry, it was a knee jerk reaction. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like, I've literally lost. Like, it's crazy to lose friends to gun violence at a young age, or lose friends to, like, I have friends who like, 5150 kind of thing, but to lose friends to gentrification, like, mm-hmm. friends get mad at you because you can still live in Oakland, and like, man, we can't be cool no more, but I'm out. Like, or friends who, like, lost businesses out here, like, that sucks, man. And, it, and knowing that there's nothing that you could do about it, that's oppressive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what's missing is shit, my friends.
3: Friends. And then that was the end of the part. Nah, I,
8: mean, I, I mean there are other
1: people missing other things, evidently, right? <laughs> uh,
6: what else is missing? Uh, I mean I you know, I agree with you, but I think that there's there's there is something that we can do, you know what I mean? I think that there are things that we can create. I think there are spaces that we can create. I mean, look at this right here, you know what I mean? And I think that we can create our own kinds of community and stuff like that. I, sometimes we look at it from the outside perspective and we think, oh, well, you know, I can't own that store or I can't own that cafe or rent's too damn high or, you know, whatever it is. And I think a lot of the times we get caught up in that, you know, and I think you look at a lot of, you know, you look at Jewish people, you look at Chinese people, you you know, like, they've been able to hold their communities together because they said that they could do something about it. You yeah. know? And so I think that for us, like what's missing, and for me, I'm not from Oakland. I'm mm-hmm. uh, originally from Maryland, lived in Brooklyn for 10 years. And like, I think what's missing is the community. And, you know, and I think that the, these things are, are happening more and other things are happening more. And I've been here for two and a half years and, and I've seen a lot more evolution with the community. But I, I feel like, I mean, at least for me, and maybe it was because I was younger, but like in, in Brooklyn, there was just, there was just this creative community. And even the, the fact that gentrification was going on, we were still sticking together and making Making things happen. I know cafe owners. I know restaurant owners. I know bar owners. You know, and, and they weren't there. You know, in, in the end, they were the ones that were to, to help bring that. So I think that there is something that we can we can do. You know, and if and if you got questions of how you can do that, talk to me. I'm, I'm <laughs> open restaurants, open cafes. I'm, I'm all for that. You know, and I think that's the to me that that hurts me the most when you know we we look at things. and We're like, oh, we can't do nothing. The high rise is going up. But did you know that we can own that high rise? Right. did you, did you know that we could get together and we could pool our money and we can invest and we can buy that uh, I think that you know that that's me and and but that takes community and I think that's where you see a lot of other uh, ethnicities and cultures you know they stick to, like I'm, I'm in downtown Oakland and and near Chinatown and they own everything right like and and because and they should you know what I mean because they stuck together and they and they bought those buildings so I think Sorry for you know the long winded, but I think that's really this community, man, for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you have we, thoughts, Coley?
3: <laughs> My face was yeah. thinking out loud. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think that's um, uh, what Craig is saying is just making me uh, even more focused on like. Um, just figuring out like what our community knowledge is, right? Because I think that there is that feeling of like, uh, I don't know, like helplessness or powerlessness. Um, And that's not the powerless. Anyways, there's a, I I think that there's something about community that's just like when we start learning together and when we start figuring out um, just like how much, like how much more resourceful we can be. Like I think that there's any kind. Of, we're gonna pause. This also connected to his last question, right? Mm-hmm. So the, when I when you're asking about like it our like is there more being contributed or like more of a push behind black business right and just thinking of like what is missing I don't know if I'm thinking of it as like what is missing I think that like historically um, people in general are resilient right but historically people of color are resilient and we may not all like study patterns of like world wars and history and I won't bore you with that or terrify you with like where we're at and what it looks like before right but I think that we know as a people when When things start feeling like chaos or when things start feeling like they're lending themselves towards something that's going to be like incredibly erratic or like detrimental or whatever. Right. And so I think that there's something about like us. Kind of bonding together now, just because of the way things feel. Like we can put like vibrations or whatever energy. Like something feels not good, right? And so I think that that is kind of like that force behind it. And I think that maybe, and I don't, I'm, I don't know if it's doing like an East Coast thing, but like that that feeling of like community is like, oh yes, now we even more us as community need to push behind our own businesses because I think it's that kind of like. Okay we're off But we need to like Get it back right Or we need to sustain ourselves Because we know That something Down the line Might require That now Yeah
0: I would chime in and say I think everything And I'm from New York Originally um, And I've seen What's happening here I watched it happen In Harlem I've seen it happen In Brooklyn And I would venture To say that there is nothing missing. Everything yeah. we need is already present here. I think it's just in pockets. Like, right. Y'all are here tonight, but you know somebody else who has like a dope thing that they do like on a Saturday. Right. And it's like, how do you make those? Wor- how do you get us out of the depression and the stress and the failures yeah. and the dealing with yeah. the weight of all of that other shit to bring us all together with all of these Voltron formations that we can make and I think that is the hardest part of the work right it's like bring them other good people you know doing good work and like bring those other good people you know and let's merge and I think the rest of the world knows that they're just praying that we don't catch on and do it quick enough to actually flip the script on things but I I mean if you're here um, and you're in good company with good people doing good work you feel it coming it's brewing it's just we have years and years and years and years and years to unpack and flip
3: but I think there's something also about Oakland that's like It is this special place, right? Like, we've all been here. We know that. It's kind of what drew us here. It's kind of what keeps us here. And just from, like, having lived in other, like, very black spaces, like, I think (laughs) Oakland has this very, like, historical legacy of power. And speaking plainly, there's also something that's, like some other sort of energy that's trying to like really eradicate like that legacy of power and so we're here like when I moved here I was like oh my god there are so many like people of color entrepreneurs and like women entrepreneurs which was like not a thing that I had felt before and I'm also kind of like honestly like okay but but can we do it Like, can we do that thing? Like, are we going to do it? Like, are you going to do it? And I think that there's like, it's not like it's not being done in some places, but there is something that's like, I don't know, whenever I see it like about to happen, it's like, but do you know that you can do it? Like, do you have the thing that's gonna take you over the edge because Oakland is like, it has everything that it needs to like thrive in terms of like people of color and women and like queer people, like it has, like Oakland could be its own little revolution happening and it's just like, but do you know, do you know that? Yeah,
0: yeah. So before we wrap tonight, I actually want to close this. That's the perfect closing note. Benita Watson, and I played a clip from our interview earlier, is a Bay Area native and um, founded, co-founded this space here at the Zoo Labs. And during our podcast, we had a conversation about what is the role of the artist in 2017? And as I saw you each raise your hands, we can identify the definition for the word artist. I feel like anyone who creates is an artist. Anyone who's adding value to the culture in some way is an artist. Um... And she said something that really touched me and moved me in a way. And I, I want to share with you all before we wrap. S- speaking of 2017, we yeah. know that the climate in our country right now is probably the most intense it's been in our own
7: lifetimes. What do you think the role of the artist is right now? Uh, I think the artist has a huge role. I think that... Um, I think the anxiety and the fear that most people have right now hmm. can be somewhat paused by art. I also think that art can be a unifying factor, right? When Mm -hmm. we listen to music or see visual art, we can bring two sides of different perspectives together. And I believe that um, artists have that special quality for people to leave their, their bipartisanship at the door and uh, come together And I think the role of art is really to send that message that today we need to stay united. We need to not be enemies. We need to come to an understanding of each other and we need to believe that America is stronger than this and better than this. Um, And that there's other ways beside uh, targeting classes of individuals and art, I believe has a role in all of that. It has a role in healing It has a role in, escapism, it has a role in uh, messaging, it has a role, a political role. And so now more than ever for us, it's so important, um, the work that we do and to sustain it.
0: So I want you all to hold that all in your minds. I'm not clear on what you each do, but I'm sure you're creating some kind of magic. And as we wrap tonight, I really want you to think intentionally about what is that magic for you? What is the art that that you're giving and adding to the world? Um... And I want to thank you, Craig and Coley and Penn and Adrian and Fiza and Mel and Felicia for coming out and joining this conversation. And thank you to all of you. Um, I also encourage you to stick around. We have the space till 930. We're going to throw some music on. I encourage you to have some one-on-one conversations. And uh, there's a mailing list, I believe, in the kitchen somewhere. If I don't have your email already and you didn't hear from me, if you RSVP'd, please share it with me. I will make sure to share share the link to how you can access the Tell Me About Yourself podcast and also send you a discount code if you don't have it already for <laughs> the book and um, we've got some merch on a table in the back that I think some folks brought with them Penn did you bring some of your books I with you books. buy Penn's book buy two of Penn's books <laughs> yeah. buy three of Penn's books and give them out to friends because as we talked about like community um, and the power of stories and thank y'all so much for being a part of the first Tell Me About Yourself podcast thank you thank yeah. you Stick around, drink the wine, eat the food from Mamacita's Cafe, and uh, let's vibe together.